Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Paola. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's new and good? What have you been up to? What's going on? <laughs> so I have transitioned into doing wellness coaching uh, and personal training full time. So my life has been wellness, 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 <laughs> and it's, it's quite refreshing. Uh-huh. And yeah. what did you transition from? Tell us a little bit about that. Previously, I was a director of communications for a nonprofit. So I handled all of the marketing, all of the website, pretty much anything that came out of there, either print or on tech, any type of device, I managed it. So it was a quite a demanding job. It was a nonprofit that rebuilt schools um, after, that had been damaged by natural disasters. Oh, wow. So it was, you know, it was fun and I learned a lot. Now I have a lot of expertise in things that I really didn't know a ton about before, but wellness was, is my, always been my passion. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to step away and focus just on wellness. Yeah. Well, I've, I've known you now for a few months. Yeah. And I, I like to think that we, we met under different circumstances, but we had to meet at that point yes. and then regroup right now. Yeah. Um, and you've, I remember the first conversation we had around this. So what, what sparked that in you in the beginning? Like, tell me, tell me everything. Tell me when did your passion for wellness start knowing that you had such a different background and yeah. where you are today? So it's funny because I was actually just telling a girl today that I literally went from Popeye's to kombucha. <laughs> so I grew up in the Midwest and did not have good eating habits. Played sports most of my life, though, so it didn't really have any effect. And then I had a knee injury, and not only was I injured and couldn't play sports, but I was emotionally broke because that was like my dream to play professional soccer. Mm -hmm. So I started eating everything and anything. And I had grown up eating fast food. So I looked up and I saw myself in the mirror one day and did not recognize myself. I was like, oh my, who is that? And found a place where I'm originally from in Denver um, called the Clinical Nutrition Center. And I went there and they pretty much taught me how to eat all over. Um, I went on a, which is it, this format or this process is for, it's quite strict and it is for weight loss that for people that are obese or have like major issues. Um, so it was a pure pro protein program that I was on for five weeks. Mm -hmm. I lost like 30 pounds, but I, what I lost, I mean, what I gained during that was this sense of clarity. Um, so I took what I learned from, um, the clinical nutrition center and started doing it on my own mm -hmm. so for the next six months. I took a lot of those principles. So I did a ketogenic or a low carb kind of program where I stayed away from any type of sugar, any type of carbohydrate. And during that time, I literally lost a hundred pounds and became a new person, really learned that it's not Popeye's. It's not, you know, it's also some emotional eating that I learned to work through because when I removed the bad eating and the sugars that kept me cloudy or high, I was able to look at those feelings and, and really kind of evaluate them and work through them. So I, you know, took this time about a, it took me about eight, nine months to lose the, almost the a hundred pounds. And I started adding in some weight training, a little bit of cardio, nothing crazy. I played sports. So it was always, I was always a physical person, but during that time I realized, well, maybe I get a personal training certification. Mm -hmm. So when I got close to the hundred pounds, I went back to school, got a, um, associate's degree in exercise science 
and then decided, hey, well, I'm just going to take this show on the road. <laughs> and I decided to move to New York uh-huh. to pursue wellness. Um, at that time, it was just training. I did a little bit of nutrition, but I didn't really completely understand the importance of the nutrition versus the exercise. Um, so I came to New York and became a trainer at Equinox mm-hmm. and enjoyed the experience for the things that I learned about myself, realized that Equinox was not really for me, at least the location that I was in, and also realized that if your food's not right, it doesn't matter what you're doing at the gym. Mm-hmm. If you're not dealing with emotional patterns and habits, the gym is not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I started focusing my energy more on nutrition. Uh, so then I decided to get certified in nutrition coaching, and I got certified through Carrie Glassman and Nutritious mm-hmm. Life, and have been now doing wellness coaching or nutrition coaching in some type of format for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, first, it started with my girlfriends, because <laughs> we all kind of grew up in the same place, same habits, and they all now are, you know, dealing with extra weight. You know, now they're in their mid-30s, and they're like, oh my God, I think I'm getting fat. And I'm like, mm, maybe so I started with them and then have slowly just branched out and in the last three months again like I said stepped away from my full-time position to pursue wellness full-time and have hosted two events which turned out to both of them were really successes Mm -hmm. and had I learned a lot had a great time and also it just reinvigorated my passion for this like let's just keep going let's just keep hosting events meeting new people and building a community yeah no, it's amazing. I have so many, from everything you said, I have so many points that I want to revisit. But talking about that last bit, I think, I mean, you have encouraged me to actually open up a little bit more in my journey in terms of getting out there, um, it, which is something that I, I, I was putting my foot in and taking it out. You know, I feel having a similar situ- situation to yours where we're transitioning from such different fields to something that is initially a passion and then it turns into a business. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of layers to peel through and a lot of insecurities and and t- getting the ego out of the way in 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 terms of am I am I good enough? Am I should I be contacting these people? Is anybody going to be interested in um, in what I'm saying? And what I've learned from you is that if you have the energy and you have the intention, it will manifest. Because as we were speaking about earlier, if you project that, things will come. So whatever the little voice is saying, just you have to just move through it. So what what are some of those things that it's almost like a self feeding fire? Yes. But what are some of the things that that get you to actually go there? So because I was a big girl for a couple of years. I had to kind of uh, take on a fake it till you make it kind of feel about who I was. Mm -hmm. I had to fake that I loved who I was so that I felt like other people would love me. And at the time, it really worked. Like I was on a plus size modeling show and I never had a a problem with a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was successful. So I think part of that, and I took away the good of that. Um, because I did have to really come to a place where I learned to love myself and love the things that I was nourishing myself with. But part of it is just faking it till you make it. Just, you know, I am passionate about it. And I know that because I lost a hundred pounds, if I can do it, pretty much anybody can do it. It's about small steps and taking the time to be, to have the, the, 
the purposeful intention. Um, so, you know, it's funny that you talk about like this whole in the transition and peeling back those layers because I've had to do that too. Because I've lost 100 pounds, I'm still not like at my ideal weight. I feel good. Like I can, I can wear the things that I like. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm in a good place, but I also don't look like a lot of trainers or nutrition coaches that are very thin and that, so some of the, when I reach out, I'm kind of like, Oh, I don't know, you know, but, but it's my heart's in it. And I really let whatever I do speak from my heart. And I also let my energy just Okay, Chelsea, let's, we're going to go in here. We're going to send this email. We're going to, you know, whatever it is, I just really try to speak from the heart. And our first event, um, two of the young ladies that I've partnered with, they're, one's a trainer on Daily Burn. The other one's like a feminist yogi. They're in great shape. They're, we look different. Um, I'm multicultural. They are not. And so going into that event, I kind of had some, a little jitters, you know, because I'm wrapping things up with the nutrition portion. But when I got up there and I was able to just talk about like, losing a hundred pounds and just the dedication and the determination that that takes, the women were so responsive and receptive that it just fueled my fire. I was like, I could do this. I got this. <laughs> and literally when we stepped away from that event, the next day, you think I wanted to take a break the next day. I was like, okay, next event, let's start planning. Mm -hmm. And thankfully some of the skills that I did learn as a director, um, have been quite transferable because my, time management, my analytical thinking for planning things out, taking things step by step, my communication skills are much, much better than others that haven't had that experience. So I see my transition as nothing but assets rather than, oh man, this is, you know, this could be a challenge. Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I bring it all. I bring the wellness information and the knowledge and the passion, but I also bring like a lot of business savvy. So when I come to new clients or brands or new women, I'm just like, Hey, look like this, this is, we could do this, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been that just the faking it, like, come on, you got this, you could do yeah. it, you could do it. And then after a while, I'm like, you're making it. So. Yeah. I, it's almost like making the voice in your head, the best friend of the voice in your heart. Yep. So yeah. it's, you know, I'm, I'm, the word coach is such a whistle in the mouth, you yeah. know, yelling in your yelling ear. in your ear. But even though that's maybe the position you take, it's um, there has to be some gentleness in there. But I like how you speak of it as in, you encourage yourself. You literally take that voice, and um, it's it's actually real. It's encouraging you to to do something and uh i mean you have a, a wonderful story to share and you radiate light you're like the this yeah. loving bright you literally look like sunshine no, like from that your hair and your personality and your smile um and it's i i think it's so honorable for somebody you know a lot of people some of the blocks that i think they put on, the, on themselves is well i have this one message i know this one thing is that enough and I like to tell people, whatever that message is, if it's a positive and encouraging one, yes, spread it and speak of it because there are so many flavors of us, of humans, and somebody is looking for what you're giving. Yeah. And if you're the one that has this one uh, very umbrella I can uh, identify with everybody's thing, that may not be what I'm looking for, but I want to look for somebody that's been through something like, like me that can guide me and, and give me some encouragement. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even if we don't look the same, exactly. but it's a similar it's a journey and it's, it's being able to connect with the journey. The physicalities are kind of secondary. A lot of people think that that's, that's first, but it's really the energy that calls us. Yes. And it's that, that energy of the journey and whether it's, I actually attended a dinner not too long ago uh, with a friend who pulled together just kind of random people, but asked some really, really intriguing questions about body image and the way that we self-identify. And looking at the people at the table, you would have never guessed they felt like they had similar journeys as myself. But after we got to talking, their journeys were so similar, whether their mother said something to them when they were little, little about not being athletic enough or an experience at school or whatever it was, everyone had these body image issues. Mm -hmm. And some of them had been thin all their life. Some of them had been big and then small. Some of them had, it wasn't even like a weight thing, but they still dealt with body image mm -hmm. issues. And it was, it was about that energy. It was the energy that we all had and kind of pulled together that brought us to this amazing dinner. We had this farm to table meal that was out of sight. We mm -hmm. all came away from this dinner, like with this, this energy, this vibe mm -hmm. that was, it was magnetic. So, oh. you know, it's, it's, that's the journey. Yeah. I love that. I love, you know, it's, and we're all on a journey and I feel some, so many of us have shutters or blinders on for so long and then once somebody sparks something in you and you start the light starts growing mm -hmm. you can't go back and you may you may fall down a few times on your path you know since yeah, we're yeah. so metaphorical <laughs> yeah. but i love this saying um there's this girl that i i absolutely love and i i work out with her every few weeks and um Hopefully, we'll have an interview with her soon. Yes. Um, but in, during one of the classes, she was saying, she, she said something um, along the lines of, it's not about how many times you fall, but how many times you come back. And that, I, that to me, is, so, is such a key component of anybody's uh, mindset when they're going through something. You're not going to go from A to Z in one sweep yeah. that's ridiculous yeah, yeah everybody falls and you pick yourself up and as long as you have that commitment with yourself that you know what i'm gonna f up today mm -hmm. and i'm gonna throw it all you yeah. know it to the wind and i'm gonna eat or drink or do whatever it is that yeah thing, your thing yeah but i'm gonna pick myself up because yep. the problem is when we fall and we're like oh that's it's it done um i have now i'm going backwards you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you say that because that is one of the things that in my journey, because, you know, you lose a hundred pounds, but some of those habits, they're, they're deep. And so I have found, even in moving to New York, I had moments where I backslid and, you know, gained 10, 15 pounds back. And I was like, oh man, I mean, it's part of the reason why I do try to stay. I do try to get on a scale. If not, I don't do it every day. Cause I think that's, that's too far. But once every couple of weeks, I like to check in because sometimes life can get hectic and you can, again, if you have certain patterns, you can slide into them easily if you aren't on top of them. But I backslid and I'm like, oh, okay, let's get it together. And then yeah. earlier this year, actually earlier, late last year, I had a baby. Mm -hmm. And that for me, I had always gone into it like, when I get pregnant, I'm not going to gain a bunch of weight and I'm just going <laughs> to, because I had lost so much and I felt like my dedication, my determination would would 
overpower a pregnancy. Uh, no, so that did not happen. Um, I gained 42 pounds when I was pregnant, which in the full spectrum is quite modest. A lot of women gain 60 and 100. Yeah, so, I, you know. I stopped counting at 50. <laughs> and I know, and that was like with four weeks to go. So, <laughs> so, you know, so, but the one thing that I can say about that picking yourself back up or that ability to rebound Every time I've experienced something in my life where I've had a kind of a little setback or I've kind of did some backsliding, it's to me the most honorable thing and the most thing that I that I admire about myself is my ability to rebound. Mm -hmm. It used to be three or four days, a week, and I'd kind of, you know, just sit in it and, oh, Chelsea, okay, fine, then let's just go have... Mm -hmm. pancakes or something mm -hmm. random mm -hmm. that God knows I know I shouldn't have on a consistent basis. But now it's like a meal. Uh -huh. And then the next meal, I'm like, nope, we're back on it. Yeah. And I think part of it's because I became a mother and uh -huh. I was in, I had a natural labor uh -huh. and I just, the, the determination that you come away with after you have a baby naturally, I feel like my level of I can handle pain differently. I manage pain differently. I don't know if I can handle it, but I can manage it. <laughs> There's that. And I know I have a daughter now and I want to be an example for her so she doesn't have to experience the journey that I went through. Mm -hmm. So she can know from a very, very young age how to nourish her temple and honor a hunger, whether it's a physical hunger, an emotional hunger, and to decipher that very early rather than just kind of just dumping things on top of it, whether it's sugar or snacks mm -hmm. or just whatever random thing mm -hmm. that you're doing. So those two things have helped me rebound. And like I said, now it's a meal and I'm like, okay, pick myself back up. Mm -hmm. Let's go back mm -hmm. to the kombucha. <laughs> yeah. No, so. that's great because it's almost putting the emphasis on the, on, on a, a quick tool to access which is the rebound. I love that. Yeah. It's like that should be, you know, it's like you have your skin brush and you have your vitamin and you have your whatever and then you have your re rebound. Your rebound because no one's perfect. You know, that's no. one of the things that we all have to, in this journey to ideal wellness or whatever you see well-being being, we're all going to fall down. Yeah. And being able to be gentle with yourself, I think, is the first step because, yeah. you know, without... We, we're, we're kind to our friends, our family, our children, but sometimes, you know, that voice in our head is not so kind. Yeah. It's quite critical. Yeah. But so first just, okay, I'm going to be kind here. Yep. I fall down, yeah. but I get back up. There's like a gospel song that kind of yeah. goes like that, but it's, it's true. And then that second step is that rebound. How yeah. quickly can I rebound? Because it's important. It's yeah. part of that. That whole like yeah. journey to to feeling really really good inside and out. No, definitely. And you know, going back, um, Courtney Durai is the name of the girl I work out with. Oh, uh -huh. and she um, she teaches at um, the class by Taryn Toomey. Oh, yes. And if anybody's looking for a place to give you the literal physical real life interpretation of what you just said is that class and we actually have to go together yes yes because taryn's philosophy is that through the pain and discomfort of physical exertion i'm, I'm paraphrasing mm. you actually want to go there so you know how to re recover mm. and then go back in again yeah um so during the class you're pu putting yourself in this on the spot and you're doing it, you know, it's it's almost like cardio, um, H-I-I-T mm -hmm. training. There's a lot of jump squats and a lot of burpees and all this Ooh. stuff. And it's like, while this is happening, these amazing women that teach this class, they're also like um, 
motivational speaking at you or or just flat out telling you to like go yeah go, go hard go hard and deal <laughs> yeah. with it but it, it's like okay i'm gonna go there i'm gonna sweat i'm gonna feel like i'm gonna vomit and i'm gonna want to stop <laughs> yeah. but i'm not because i'm gonna make it through yep and then you have your recovery time which is your rebound and you just sit, sit there you stand still mm-hmm. and you breathe and you calm yourself down and then you go back in and I, I mean, th- this this thing has helped me immensely. Um, we have to go. Yes. But um, no, I think I think it's amazing. And you know, going back to speaking about our children, not only I love what you said because not only teaching them what to eat or not eat and and all these things about um, wellness habits, but how to ident- identify the emotion because, as you know, emotions are information they're telling you something needs to be shifted or or reacted to and what are you going to do with the information as opposed to just tagging a reaction to it Mm -hmm. you know the most common one knowing is anger anger is not aggression but we know when we're angry we identify it as aggression to ourselves or towards others but how can you teach a child to understand i'm sad i'm angry i'm this i'm that and deal with it in a healthy way speak about it with the person or or the situation that's causing it as opposed to masking it with food or alcohol or drugs or bad relationships or whatever it is you know i am still in that learning process because berkeley's 10 months but (laughs) I do know that in myself, in the process of, of kind of stepping away from the emotional eating habits, I had to kind of create a, maybe a, a step-by-step, a how-to to work through my feelings. And I still, it's something that I still do now where, and I kind of try to do this with Berkeley a little bit, you know, she's 10 months, but <laughs> if something happens, I first ask her, like if she, if she falls or something, I'm like, that made you feel something, didn't it? You know, mm-hmm. and then I kind of ask her, like, and when she gets old enough to articulate it, I'd like to ask her, so what did that make you feel? And then we talk about where that feeling comes from, if it's anger, if it's fear, if it's whatever that emotion is. And then, like you said, talking about what that information is that's driving that emotion. Mm-hmm. And hopefully she'll, you know, she'll grow up to be a, a woman that can recognize things and, and rectify them really quickly mm-hmm. within herself. And manage her her life and her body and her temple Mm -hmm. just in a way that she only you know allows like just positivity and good Mm -hmm. things to come to her because she can recognize okay i see where this person's coming from it's not so much me Mm -hmm. you know and she can just i mean because i really feel like there are so many things that happen to us and we take it so personally and we're like oh my i can't believe they did that but a lot of times it's what they're dealing with it's not it's not our junk it's their junk but they don't know how else to manage their own junk. Yeah. And so sometimes it kind of spills over their yard into yeah. your yard. Yeah. And you're like, uh, you know, and, and if you're not at a place to, to acknowledge that, you take things you so take personally. It. So yeah. that's my hope. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, it's a process. I'm still learning. It will, it will happen because children are so, I mean, we are born very intelligent and we kind of start layering junk mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. and then we we quiet that down and then we're grown up and we're completely lost because we're not they, I mean children are intuitive why I mean sometimes I look at my kids and a, a, a while ago before I was so much more in tuned with all of this stuff that we're talking about 
my kid would cry and you try to quiet them down. Oh no, it's okay. And da, 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 da. And one day I came to this realization. I was just like, I actually wish I could cry like that when I feel like that because they're just expressing how they feel. They weren't, you know, a child doesn't become aggressive when they're crying. They're just like, Wah! you know, letting, yeah, it, letting out. it out. And this it's like from the gut. And it's, it could be about, I mean, sometimes we I get that from picking the wrong socks. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but it's like letting me know I don't like that. And we don't do that. We are always keeping it inside or quieting yeah. it down because it may bother somebody else or we're crazy if we're mm -hmm. too expressive, especially women. That mm -hmm. means you're hysterical. Exactly. You're... Or are you on your period? <laughs> no. How about I'm just feeling my feelings yeah. and if you allow me to do that, we all will be better. Yes. And it's it's actually something that I'm, I recently had one of those kind of moments where I just needed to cry yeah. and I needed to cry like I was a two-year-old and <laughs> I did it and granted my eyes were a little puffy afterwards, but I felt so so much better wow. I feel like I was like you said I was able to just let it out yes. and afterwards I took a couple deep breaths I washed my face I put on some jasmine and some lavender oil and I was like all right I could take on the world yeah. you know it just it was really, it really nice so come out. I think those are things that we can learn from our kids and we can learn yes. from children because of their emotional intelligence that they yes. are born with that yes. you know after things happen it's yes. it's dampened so yeah I want them to cry <laughs> I mean I don't want them to cry but I was um I don't even know what we were doing the other day. And it was one of those days that it was just a very long day. And they were both just talking at me and pulling me and asking me something. It was the end of the day. And I was, and all that came out of me, I just went, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And my daughter looked at me and she's like, what was that? And I said, that's what you do to me all the time. <laughs> like that was really weird and I'm like I just needed to do that and yeah. then I, I felt I just needed to make that sound mm -hmm. <laughs> and let like, it out I just let it out <laughs> but they were so thrown back uh, by it but it is so important to raise not to raise awake and aware children are awake and aware it's just to maintain that like mm -hmm. I'm now taking a course from another wonderful human being, Elena Brower. It's called uh, Elevate Mentorship, and hopefully she'll keep doing these things. She just released the most ab amazing journal. Actually, I have to give you your journal. Um, and it's almost like a workbook for you to come to these realizations. And we're a group of women, and we're sharing. We have our own Facebook group. And the breakthroughs that happen every day, every hour, from somebody being like, holy moly, all I had to do is, or this is what it means. Like, and we're working, you know, we're all different age groups and there are women from all over the world and we're trying to resolve this stuff. And I look at my kids, I'm like, they're there already. Uh -huh. Like, they are there and all I have, my job as their caretaker is to keep them there yeah. and help them grow up with this awareness and, and stay woke. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. Yeah. It, it, the nice thing, I mean, one of the most eye-opening things about being a parent is you get to see your own things. Like, you have to you have to deal with them and because you don't want to put them on your child. I mean, yeah. you know, they're this innocent little thing that needs to be protected, but a lot of times they really don't even need to be protected yeah. because they are, they, yes. they already are so in line with their yeah. internal, kind of their intuition that it's just... We just got to keep our stuff off of them. Yes. And that's something I am very, because of my weight loss journey, very, very mindful with Berkeley. Uh, because my parents, 
I love my parents. I adore them. I think they did the best they could with the resources and the knowledge that they had. But I feel like I can do, because of my journey and the things that I've learned and the person that I've become, I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to work really hard to provide a, a, a platform for Berkeley mm-hmm. that it's it's a devoid of my stuff. Yes. It's it's Berkeley's journey, yeah. you know, and she gets to live the life that she wants, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You know, so it's I, I, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of self-discovery too. <laughs> I, it's huge because it's you have to start becoming more aware of yourself and and see what you're putting out there and what that what vibe you're projecting and um depending on also the situation you're in you know, are you being supported? Are you being able to, you know, are you able to express yourself? Do you have somebody giving you that or yourself if, if you don't, or are you, should you be getting out of a situation where you're not being supported? And, you know, it's, it's interesting looking at generations, you know, you have the baby boomers and the generation X and Y and Z or whatever it is. And definitely based on the parent situation, they raised a certain type of, of child and I think our generation I I feel very hopeful for at least the children we are raising and which makes me feel very hopeful for the children they will be raising because there's there's a lot of this going on and there's a lot of women figuring themselves out and and I feel like feminism feminism has taken a very beautiful turn mm-hmm. going from I'm a feminist, I'm like a man, and I yeah. can do everything a man can do, and yeah. I will work and wear the shoulder pads and, yeah. and yeah. be a, a bitch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, to, to soften and embracing mm-hmm. your femininity and talking about yourself as a temple, and a, or I, I like to call myself my body's a house. Yeah. And I, when I welcome you to my house, it's a certain way, and that's how I treat myself. And um, bringing these children up in that. in that, you know, I grew up with parents that didn't have that. They were working hard, and they had two or three jobs, and the world to them was scarier. And, yeah. I mean, there are people in, in the same mindset as we speak right now, but I feel very hopeful coming from that mindset. And, again, parents that did everything they could and worked their butts off. It, it taking that as a lesson and what else can I bring to raising my children that's not only that yeah yeah you know I, like there's a, that mentality is like a parent provides and you have a roof over your head and I, I yeah. feed you uh-huh. and, it's and I like, clothe you and you're like but yeah what? there's so much more <laughs> but it's true though I mean I my parents that was their goal that was you know I mean my, my mother and my father both tried to do kind of additional stuff rather, you know, the clothing, the feeding, the bare minimums. But there is this, this with the feminism, a feminist movement, it has taken this turn where it's the softer side of Sears. It's, and I really, I love it because, you know, I, my mom, I, like I said, I love her to death. She is the reason why I'm a, such a creative being. And I love that probably more than any other aspect about myself now where I am. Um, but she is not like, she was very cooking and cleaning and how can I cater to you? And she didn't really wholeheartedly embody feminism because it wasn't where her, she, her parents are from Iowa and they're originally German. And there was just this very different structure, 
But she, the one thing that she did give me was an open mind and an open heart. And so being able to come to it now, and I see I follow a lot of women um, that are kind of, you know, preaching and kind of talking more about feminist kind of views and just the power of she, mm -hmm. which is a hashtag that I love. And mm -hmm. I, I post a lot of things about like our cycles and I post a lot of things about uteruses yeah. and stuff that might make some men uncomfortable, including my daughter's father. He sometimes, <laughs> he comes from a very religious background and he's, I mean, and he, it's, I love him. He's amazing, but he's a very like, it's kind of a don't ask, don't tell policy. Uh -huh. You know, we just, we don't talk about it. You just let it happen and then we're good. <laughs> and I have now gotten to a place where, mm, so no, that's not actually how this works. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about this journey and through these different phases, you can understand better where I am and where I'm coming from. And, and I'm able to communicate differently with you because you're open to hearing yeah. what this amazing temple does, including <laughs> bring life into the world, you yeah. know? So I really, I really love the place that we're in with um, just this softer, this softening up of this movement and just women our age and younger coming to a yes. place where they just love who they are and realize they don't have to be that, that, that bulldog in a skirt. They can be soft, but they can also really understand their power. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then what we get to teach our daughters yeah. and our sons, because I yes. see all these cute little baby boys and they have these t-shirts that say, I'm a feminist. And I'm like, yes, you are a little boy because his mommy is teaching him and her, his siblings that, you know, femininity is not, it's not about flowers and yes. PMS and it's about this power yes. and this, this kind and gentle and intuitive power yes. that is really, really, it's powerful. It's just, a, it's an amazing it's, thing. It's amazing. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the sons because I, I'm, I have both. I have the, the little pair <laughs> and I don't know what we were doing the other day. I think my, they had taken a bath and they were getting dressed and he, <laughs> he told my daughter something like, can you put your clothes on? I don't, I, I don't want to see your vagina. You know, she was <laughs> naked. They're, they're yeah. like, they're yeah. toddlers. But I love that he used the word vagina. And I'm sure if he says that in public, people will be a little thrown back. But I'm trying to raise him as an aware guy yeah. and a polite guy and a gentle man exactly. that when he finishes eating his food, he brings the plate to the kitchen and, mm -hmm. and he's in a house with two women and he, you know, and it, but, um, you know, I think I, I, I'm around a lot of millennials somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, and these women are gonna, I mean, they're awesome. Not gonna be, they're amazing. Yeah. And these girls are just like, this is what I believe. And this is what I stand behind. And this is what I'm doing. And, there's so much empowerment in being a woman yes. and being and having a vagina yes, and a uterus exactly. and talking about your period. And it's not we're talking about it all the time, but yeah. it's just that it's okay. Exactly. And it's something that we deal with for a good majority of our life. And for such a long time, it, we didn't talk about it. It was just like, okay, no. I'm just going to take care of this. No, it's and like, it's... I feel like for the long, it, it took me until my mid thirties to be in tune with my cycle. To really not know the days and count all that, not only that aspect of yeah. it, but actually feeling when you ovulate, actually knowing exactly when something is happening, actually identifying why you're feeling a certain way and feeling those and cycles. writing, yeah, yeah. writing, the, writing those waves. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things that 
can make us feel so powerful. And it's the reason why part of some of my upcoming things that I'm working on are around our cycles or our, the phases of our cycles. Because we've never, at least a woman my age, has never really been taught to harness this and, and kind of utilize it for for good. You know, it's funny because I, I, for a long time I would always talk about how I, as a woman, we have a certain superpower. And I was, I at the time coined it as like our femininity, you know, and the way that we can, and some women, not all, but you know, we can, you see something you want and you can make it happen with your feminine wiles or whatever you like mm -hmm. to call them. And so I would always, you know, tell myself, you want to use that superpower for good, not mm -hmm. for evil. And now... <clears throat> learning more about the phases and what you can really do at each point of those those phases in the month how you can come away feeling you know work on projects during certain times or it's time to become introspective during a certain another time being able to get the most bang for your buck mm -hmm. every month mm -hmm. i think is just such an eye-opening experience mm -hmm. and it's a lot of i'm also around a lot of millennials and the young girls are just like i found a bunch of instagram feeds that they are rocking it. Like the information <laughs> that they're helping put out there is really, really insightful. And I think not just millennial women, all women can mm -hmm. take this away. Even if you're menopausal and you, you still have this flow of, of emotions and hormones and things that happen in your body that make us amazing. Mm -hmm. So why not, like I said, harness that and use that superpower mm -hmm. for good. Mm -hmm. Like I, that's my biggest kind of point to, tell women and talk mm -hmm. to women about during this time. It's mm -hmm. just like how to feed it, you know, how to feed it properly so you can be like this amazing machine and not have these, oh, I'm PMSing. I just need chocolate and ice cream. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be a time when you become introspective. Okay, I know that I need to kind of close off and this is the time of the month mm -hmm. where I'm going to look inward and see what I'm feeling this month. And like I said, learning to, to know, ah, Oh, I'm ovulating. Like, mm -hmm. it's funny because it took me into my, my early 30s, but it was because I wanted to have a baby so bad yes. that I was like, I'm just going to take in all the information that I can. Yeah. And it was part of that. Because I wanted a baby, I wanted to learn my cycle. I wanted to learn, yeah. okay, and I know what's going on. Like, before that, it was, it was a mystery. I was just <laughs> like, it's just going to show up, and then it's going to be wild, yeah. and I'm just going to try not to ruin some clothes, and then, okay, and I'm back. That's how yeah. I felt. And then in, you know, during the time when I, like I said, I wanted to learn, I need to make sure that this temple is right for a baby. Mm -hmm. And so learning about ovulation and what that feels like mm -hmm. and, and, and learning different nuances about your body. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, this is powerful stuff. This is good information that I want to share with other women. No, it's, so. it's amazing because it, I had the same experience. I, I got in touch because I wanted to have my kid. Um, and it didn't take that long to figure it out. It was a lot of information. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those situations, as with childbirth, that I was like, how come nobody told me about this earlier? That, what the reality of it is? So that you just have some awareness. But again, coming back from the generations we came from, yeah. um, you know, coming from our grandma, it, grandmother's bro, it was probably taboo to just yes. it, be to there. To talk about it, yeah. After that, our mothers were working so hard that they just were not in tune with that stuff and yeah. birth control pills and baby bottles and C-sections, you know, all yeah. that stuff. And now we're almost going back to our great, great, great grandmother's times in, mm -hmm. in terms of the, of the loop. And I was actually reading a couple of days ago, I'm going to get this completely wrong, but I hope I can, you know, <laughs> yeah, give you yeah. the information. But it was something to do with 
why Friday, why the number 13 is considered bad luck. Mm -hmm. And it had to do something with the witch witch hunts mm -hmm. back in the day, Salem, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. And that on the Friday, the 13th of the, a certain month, women had an uprising or something. Mm -hmm. And that's when they started being branded witches. And then they started burning them, burning them. alive. Yeah. yeah, the Salem witch trials. Yeah. So it's it's all the, I feel like, again, talking about layers and talking about covering up, I love how you say over and over the word power and powerful. And I've been doing a lot of Kundalini lately, which has changed my life. And I, I'll get somebody, a Kundalini person to come and do an yes. interview because yes. I, everybody needs to tap into that. Um, because what, what it does is it ignites that light and that feminine power and it makes it grow in you and radiate out mm. um because we have been it's like i feel like we have sand on top of us and yeah. we have to it's like if a woman would be comfortable in all her glory as a woman and embody her femi femininity and um there's this chapter of the mentorship that i'm taking with elena where we're contemplating um, and it's actually a page in her journal. Um, how do how does my discipline manifest as my ultimate femininity? I'm probably saying it wrong yeah. also, but it's almost how how do you translate the word something so masculine as the word discipline to actually enhance your enhance your femininity? What is it that you do that you subscribe to? What's your rebound? Mm -hmm. What what do you commit to that you do every single day? that makes you the ultimate feminine, not in the wallflower, chocolate-eating, yeah. yeah. amazing scent, but as this powerful, radiant, incredibly resilient, problem-solving, amazing... It's phenomenal. Thing I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like, hold... And, and it's, it's happening. Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's something happening right now. Yes. My kundalini... Uh, one of my teachers, um, Paramatma Siddhi Sadhana, who's amazing also. She has infinite resources. Um, and it was it, it she she said she was saying that this time is it's a it's almost like a renaissance that's happening again. And everything that's in the shadows has a spotlight on because shit's gonna get resolved. Yeah. And you know, we're seeing a lot of the shadow being moved and and the the things coming out and we're going through some weird times yes but everything is coming to the surface and one of the biggest things that is happening right now if you live in america is the harvey weinstein yes scandal which is not a surprise no and more is coming out now there's another director that 200 women this, said these, he had harassed these numbers. Two hundred. The numbers are really the numbers astonishing. Are crazy, but it's like there's power and numbers, and yeah. we're grouping and we're bonding. And this could either go, which I know it's not going to go. And uh, what's the name of that? Um, the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is not going to happen. Which, yeah, because yeah. Hopefully, everybody exactly. read the book or is seeing yeah. that. It's watching like, it on Hulu. Um, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, not here. We're actually in the after. Exactly. Because I feel like, in a way, metaphorically, we're already been through that stage mm -hmm. where women. Yeah. That's have what the fifties and sixties were. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, you look I mean, at like that a... housewife and just you know you just and not that housewife is bad because 
God knows. I mean, for some women, that's like the dream, you know? But at that point in time, you had no say in anything. It was exactly. just like, I just do this. So I think we have kind of gone through it. And I think now we are at the after at phase. The after phase. <laughs> and we are looking at like the ultimate recognition of our power. I mean, it's it's easy. I, I think when I think about of being a woman, that's the first word that comes to mind because I just think about, I mean, you look at a Harvey Weinstein or any of these type of men that are these sexual predators or whatever we'll call them. They are the weak, weak, weakest, weakest of, of type of being because they have to do something like yeah. this. So you think about if a, if a man in, in that aspect is, is, has that type of vulnerability, that weakness, Let's think about the opposite. Like, look how powerful these women are. And, you know, and now especially coming together and talking about it and coming out, it's like, there is a renaissance. It's a, it's a, it's a feminine revolution. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's quite exciting. When we first started talking about this, I had goosebumps yeah. because I, I know that like, you know, if we, if, if we were governed by more feminine powers, oh we would God. be in a different place because a lot of times we may be we speak and we make decisions from our emotions but a lot of times it's for the the greater good for everyone but that's that's the thing where there's a difference we it's not necessarily our emotions our emotions connect us to our surrounding that's how our heart interprets what's going on around us and we're able to uh, vocalize it or express it and women, we we are a lot more intuitive. We we mm. go more from the heart, but we're constantly being told you have to rationalize that. That's irrational. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You're like, but I feel a certain way. Well, you're not supposed to, supposed feel, to feel it. it. It's supposed like, to use your mind. It's like no, and and it, it's it's going back. You know, getting out of your head, going back to your heart, and and just being okay with that and not being made to to feel like you're hysterical or you know if we want to hashtag now I'm, I'm you know the me too hashtag yeah. i've been in so many wine scene situations not to that extent thank yeah. god but yes. i've been a child being you know put in a weird situation by my neighbor 18 year old neighbor brother yeah. you know yeah. when yeah. being a child and being uncomfortable because they did or said something or working at a design company with a bunch of old guys mm -hmm. and one of them one day telling you that oh you look great sex machine <gasps> or some oh that's stuff. I mean, and, but the thing is as a woman my reaction to that was like Oh, this guy's crazy. Like, who who even says that? Yeah. As opposed to being like, I'm going to go sue him. Exactly. And this was sexual harassment. Because we don't think that way. We actually, we empathize so much that I was reading, um, who was it that wrote an article yesterday that I thought was so, uh, Britt Marlin, mm -hmm. I think that's her name. And she was in a Weinstein situation where he got her to the room and he was doing the massage thing and somehow she left and she wrote that she spent all night crying because she got in the elevator to go to the room knowing that it didn't feel right but she did it's almost like she didn't want to make him feel bad because he could affect her, her career. career so there goes the feelings mm -hmm. and the protection of the other she put herself in there she also was so upset because he touched her and he she let him touch her but again not to offend this 
MF. Yeah. I want yeah. I want this I to know. be a kid friendly thing, but I exactly. want to say this motherfucker. Right. You know? For real. Yeah. But we we don't go there, and we, so we let we have left our let ourselves be taken advantage of, as opposed to saying no. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel right. I'm not going to go there, exactly. and I don't care if this person gets offended or not. Be it a be it a man, or, or a, a woman. woman. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's bringing that awareness. Yes, trust your feelings. Yes, yes, yes. And trust articulate them. them. Yeah. Trust them, and then articulate them. Because I mean, it's unfortunate, but I can say nine out of ten women probably all have me too stories. I mean, yes. obviously, me too. You know, and thankfully because of my father and my father he had a sister who wasn't a very strong woman amazing woman but didn't have that and so growing up he wanted to make sure that I was and so he made me on a lot of some levels quite aggro I played sports (laughs) and I was very like and I will get in a man's I'll get in anybody's face and it's just things that I was raised with because he wanted to counteract the way he saw his sister being treated and the way she responded but Mm -hmm. in my experience in my me too experience uh-huh. It was a very like it was a workplace. It was a finance, so it was super type A kind of personalities. And I had a boss say something real, real off color, just tacky. And he knew it, and he said it in front of a team. Ugh. And it was like asking for a sexual favor in front of a team. And I was like, and we obviously were not on that play. We were not on that page. It was none of that was happening. I'm pretty sure he was married. And so I went to HR and I responded and I was like, look, this is not working. Somebody, this is an investigation right here because I didn't have any other control and he was a superior of mine. That was the only, for me, outlet that I had. So they did an investigation. They, other women had heard him say this experience, this actual um, time and up to other women. So I was removed from the team, but then I became a pariah mm-hmm. in the office and just everybody was like, mm. and you know what? Because of my upbringing, I was able to step away from that position still feeling strong because I knew I had done what was right. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had stood up for myself and I stood up for other women in the office that weren't able to do that. Whether financially they were fearful of losing their jobs or or sales or whatever. I really try hard to not operate out of fear. Now, I can't say that it always happens that way, but especially when it comes to career-based decisions... Fear will get you nowhere. And so I was just like, look, if this means I'm going to lose this job, then I'll find another one. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what happened. I didn't lose the job. I actually stepped away on my own terms and stepped away feeling great. And now to this day, he's probably somewhere in middle of Kansas trying to figure <laughs> out why he lives in a trailer park. And here I am, you know, creating intention bracelets and building my business. So at the end of the day, it all worked out like yeah. it's supposed to. So, you know, but but having that power... And being able to teach others and be an example for others, I think is part of this revolution. Yeah. You know, because we're all saying, hey, look, me too. And I'm standing up for myself and I'm standing up for others. Yes. So it's really, I love it's, it. it's a good time. I love it. It's a good time. And that's why we have to keep remembering. It's a good time. It's it weird. Is. It is. It's, yes. It's, it's blurry. Mm-hmm. Look for the clarity. Yep. Focus. Do take, do your self care. Yes. Yes. Every yes. single day, commit to, um, Whatever you're doing that's igniting that's, you. Yeah, yeah. And don't let it go. Don't go to the other side. Don't go to the, the things that give you immediate satisfaction, but in the long run. Yeah, don't serve you. Don't serve you. Just create your routine and, and be in tune with your body. And with that said, I want to segue in closing 
into our upcoming workshops because you have a fantastic workshop that you're hosting. Yes. And then I'll say a little bit about mine at the end, but yeah. please tell us about your women empowerment period slash cycle yeah. situation. <laughs> so, um, my brand, uh, Renew Living, is hosting an event on December 9th. It is a Fueling Your Phases event. So it's a three portion, three segment. It's going to be a small workout and then a short yoga segment and then nutrition tips all based on how can you fuel your phases. We have four phases in our monthly cycle and each aspect of this event is going to speak to in brief part of each one of these phases. So when it's the beginning of the month, this, these are things that you should be, this is your workout. This is your yoga, like a slow intention filled kind of sun salutation. And then these are things that you should be eating. It's going to be a great event. It's, I want to do more and more of this because it's about the kind of getting that sexy back and it's getting that sexy back is not putting on high heels or red lipstick. Exactly. It's from the inside. It's the way that you fuel your body. It's the intentions that you tell yourself. It's the physical things that you put your body through that allow your sexy or your femininity to radiate. And that's what our event is all about. Just finding those things and letting it radiate. I love that. The sexy from the inside out. Yeah. Um, I just saw Ariana Huffington, um, posted some, an article, uh, I think it was a Twitter thing, and pointing out that all the women's shoe emojis have high heels. Mm -hmm. And somebody was like, how come, How we, please get rid of them. And then she chimed in. She's like, why don't we just get rid of high heels? And it's like, high heels, they look very sexy, let's not yeah. lie. But that's not what being sexy is. It has to come from the inside. Yeah, it comes from within. Yeah. So, yeah. So It's amazing. So, I'll have the details of the event on the blog post and on the um, summary section of the podcast. Yes. And if you're in town in New York City, Athleta, yep. December 9th. Yep, 6 to 8 p.m. 6 to 8 p.m. Flatiron location. Yeah. yeah. There'll be so many goodies Lots there. Of You're going to have a ton of stuff. Yeah, yes, Giveaways, yes, yes. Yep. food, beverages. Food, beverages, discounts. Like, it's it's going to be a great event. It's going to be a great event. Yeah. So, please go. And yes. if you're around on November 9th, yes. I will also be hosting an event with Athleta based around how to create a simple uplifting invigorating routine in five steps Love and it. it will again how do you ignite that light first thing in the morning take a little bit of time for yourself pamper yourself essential oils getting in touch with your skin what should you be putting into your body first thing in an easy way so i, I feel a lot of people think that building a wellness routine has to be perfect and it has to be like 27 steps i'm mm -hmm. going to give you a menu you pick from there what you want and you you light yourself up in the morning before yes. you say hello to anybody else love it love it um so details to come also on that november 9th athleta flat iron 6 to 8 p.m lots of goodies and giveaways um I'm going to give some oils. I'm going to give away a wellness kit containing a bunch of tools, but more details to come. But yes. I can't wait. And then we were, we're going to have some events together, yes. more of that yes. coming. And we just want to spread the message yep. that you can shine. You can yep. be beautiful and sexy and empowered and powerful 
from inside. From inside. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So thank you so yes. much, Chelsea. This thank was you. a pleasure. Um, and I'm sure we'll be doing more of this as we mm, go along. Much, much more, Paula. Thank you. <laughs>